All right. Welcome back to Gal on the Go Unplugged. My guest today is Juliana Hever, a plant-based dietitian passionate about helping others to change their lives for the better through healthy nutrition. As a registered dietitian, Juliana has authored seven books, was featured on Dr. Oz, The Steve Harvey Show, is co-host of Home Sweat Home, and is the host of the Choose You Now podcast. Hey, Juliana. Hi, Kimberly. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I have to tell you, after watching your videos and, you know, um, being an Instagram uh, fan of yours, you are a bundle of health knowledge and mixed with pure sunshine. You just light up every time I see you. <laughs> That's so sweet. Thank you so much. You made my day. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm so grateful for you to be here. So let's start, um, you know, sharing your background with listeners. So many people are unclear about the role of a nutritionist versus a registered dietitian. Um, can you please start us off by explaining the differences between the two? That's such a great question. And people don't ask that very often because, and I think registered dietitians, we've spent so much time in school and in our training and all of that and having to get certified and all that stuff that it's kind of becomes this pet peeve because anyone could call themselves a nutritionist. You know, I always joke that, well, my dog could call himself a nutritionist because anything, it doesn't matter. There's no regulations, of course. So a registered dietitian is someone that goes through a program, you know, you have a degree in nutrition, I have a master's in nutrition, and then we do a didactic program in dietetics where we're learning all of the, the preparatory work. And then we do an internship, a dietetic internship. So we spend time in hospitals, a lot of time in hospitals and schools and um, in the kitchens and restaurants. And we learn all the different aspects of dietetics. And it's a real broad and amazing field. Like there's so many different potential jobs and avenues where you could focus on, you know, medical nutrition therapy was one of my favorites. Um, but then you could do outpatient. You could work in the schools and helping regulate, you know, lunch programs and stuff like that. You, there's so many options. And so I love that because you kind of get, it's like doing rotations in medical school. You get uh -huh. to like dabble in all the different fields and kind of figure out what you love to do. And then you have to sit for a big exam to become officially a registered dietitian. And then you have to do your continuing ed every few years and document all that. And so there's a lot that goes into becoming a registered dietitian and maintaining that licensure. Whereas there's like a weekend course in nutrition and then people call themselves nutritionists. And it's kind of a big difference, you know, cause we have, we had to take all the background sciences and the chemistry, the organic chemistry, the biochemistry, microbiology, food science, like there's so much that goes into it. So I think that's why it's, it becomes a pet peeve for a lot of dietitians that, anyone, <laughs> Oh, I'm a nutritionist. <laughs> Well, I'm really glad that you clarify that because I learned something new through that. And, um, you know, I, I think that it helps give people a greater respect when they have an understanding. So, um, you know, hopefully people now get it, the clear difference and the value in what you bring and, you know, your expertise and what you have to offer. So, okay, to that point, um, you know, you had a theater background for undergraduate school, and I can tell, again, like just based on your amazing personality, how that would come into play. 
But, um, you know, can you please explain, like, what made you then pursue your master's in nutrition and make it your calling? Well, it's really quite an evolution. And those are just like the documented degrees that I have, but it was a lifelong journey. Uh, And it started with, I've always loved nutrition, always. Like my grandma used to say things to me, like, why do we eat bananas? And I would say potassium. And like, we used to do all of those (laughs) little things. And me and my sister had this little cereal box game in the morning. We would sit and, and she would have the cereal box in front of her. And she would say, how much calcium? And I would guess, and I was always right. And she was sure that I was coming downstairs in the middle of the night and memorizing the cereal boxes. But I just, the truth is I just always had an affinity for it, but, uh, and, and exercise too. I'm a personal trainer too. And that just started when I was, I used to teach aerobics classes to my friends when I was five years old. Like we have cassette tapes that not to date myself, (laughs) documenting them, but I've always loved fitness and nutrition, but at the same time, I grew up in Los Angeles. And so I danced before I could walk and I became an actress, like so many people here in LA and while it's, they all collided, these two worlds collided because, well, it's in front of the camera and you're on stage and you have agents and managers. And I had people telling me to lose weight. And I, my last book, The Choose You Now Diet, uh, I talked about the story that really set this in motion. And it was when I was about 11 years old, going through the girl to woman changes in front of the mirror every day in ballet, you know, watching all that happen with all of my friends. And I was really into ballet and like every day I was dancing and my teacher called out to me in front of all of my peers, cut out the snacks, Juliana. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was like, Whoa, like that was like, Whoa. And so that started that whole body image thing. That's very prevalent in dance and theater. I mean, that's just, it's very common, but it also stimulated a really deep passion for me to figure it all out and to understand all of it. And so I kept, I started reading, I started reading books. I started trying diets and I tried everything and read everything I can get my hands on. And this was before, of course, there was online searches that you could do, or just, you know, you had to go to the library or you had to go to the bookstore. And I just read, I was like voraciously accumulating knowledge and information. But then, you know, I was a girl, I was a little girl. And so at one point um, I, well, all these different things happened, but I decided I wanted to be a doctor. And I wanted to learn this stuff, but I wanted to be a doctor. And so I was still acting. I went to an arts high school, but I was still curious about all the other stuff. And then I went to undergrad as a biology major. And I was studying biology at uh, UC Santa Cruz. And But then calculus got really crazy and I was pre-med. And then calculus was really hard and crazy. And I was working so hard because I went to an arts high school. And my calculus professor, I'll never forget this. And it was my third quarter of it. And it was really a hard quarter for me. And he looked at me, he's like, Juliana, go back to dancing. You'll be so happy. I was like, what? So I'd already applied to UCLA to transfer in physiological sciences. But last minute, I changed my application to theater because my friend from high school was at UCLA and he got me an audition. So I got an audition, got into UCLA as a theater major. And at that point, I'd already had two years of pre-med. So it was kind of like this hybridized type of thing. So I got my degree in theater. And then um, while I was acting, so I had an agent and a manager, and I was going out and doing TV and film and some little bit of modeling and stuff like that. But um, I love theater. I love Shakespeare. That was my thing. I, I played Juliet. So like, I love theater so much. And uh, so I was in college. And I started, you know, as I was working or trying to audition, I thought I need a job, job too. And so I fell in love with personal training because another manager said, you need to lose weight for the camera. So I hired a a trainer, fell in love with personal training, 
got certified as a personal trainer and thought this is perfect. I could do this while I'm training, while I'm auditioning and trying to become, you know, successful in the film world or whatever. And um, so while I was doing that, I, as I became a personal trainer and graduated from undergrad, people kept asking me about nutrition and I didn't want to just spout out, like there's a chapter in the personal training handbook that you get certified in on nutrition, but that was, and that, and all my years of reading about it, but I didn't know why I was saying what I was saying. And I wanted to know why I was saying what I was going to say. And I immediately like, right after undergrad, I was like, I'm never going back to school. I hate, I'm so glad I'm done. But that just sparked something in me. I'm like, I'm going to go to grad school. I got in. I fell in love with school. I fell in love with nutrition. It was like everything came together. I dumped acting, but, and then it was like, what a waste of a degree, but oh my gosh, like you said, like it comes in so handy. You know, I've been on TV and I had my own TV show. I podcast, I, I've been, I'm on stage all the time. And so now all of those things that I aggregated really beautifully came together in a way I would have never predicted. That's the cool thing about life. Like you never really know in the moment, like how something's going to serve you. It's not always a, you know, in your face kind of thing. And um, that's really cool how it just all wove together for you in a way you didn't expect, you know, and holy mackerel, those comments people made to you. I can't believe, like, it's sad. I believe it, but I can't believe it, how bold people are and how it shaped your decisions. And you turn these like, um, you know, kind of like snidish comments uh, into positives. Like, you know, it almost, I'll show you, you know, I'm going to look into this and turn whatever you're saying around. Uh, that's pretty I don't amazing. I know if it was not naturally like a snide thing. I think it goes with the territory. Like that is what the dance world is. Unfortunately, that's just part of it. It's so what I've, it's taken me many years, decades, really, in fact, to understand it and to come to terms with it. And that is what I do now with my clients. Like I've worked 17 years as a registered dietitian and personal trainer I get very intimate. Like we're here where I go deep into these issues with people and people say stuff like that everywhere. And it may be well-intentioned. You know, I have clients losing significant amounts of weight. You know, I, work, I do a lot of weight loss transformation and a lot of that happens. And people, and I, I hear these stories of friends saying, oh, you're getting too thin or, oh, what about protein? Or they're actually genuinely concerned. Um, so I think, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of psychology behind it, but I think it's all we could do is take care of ourselves. And so I've learned to look at weight and the scale and my body more data driven, more like um, objectively rather than it's, it doesn't define who I am as a person. Like my weight doesn't mean I'm any less or more lovable, you know, and I try to really help clients manage that feeling of, of just, this is my body and this is how I am in the world and who am I? And it's not and to try to have that information, but not it be defining of who they are. I love that you said that because I think the field you're in is actually a sensitive field as far as the client relationship goes. And so many people sometimes, um, I think, you know, kind of make assumptions. I've seen it directly myself when you teach something in, in the fitness industry, they're like, oh, you've always been fit. You don't understand because you, you must have always been that way. And that's not true. So like the fact that you can take experiences and like apply them and know from the heart where people are coming from, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's like, I mean, life is a journey. I know that's cliche, but it's so true. And we just, you know, you have to kind of do what 
what works for you and take care of you. That's, that's the whole concept of my book and podcast, choose you now. And like being the best person, taking care of yourself first so that you can do everything for everyone else. But it starts with taking care of you and, and, and being as nourished and whole as you can be in this difficult world to navigate. Oh, I love it. That's why you're an amazing gal on the go. <laughs> Thank you. So, okay, in your field, um, it, it, it's just like technology, like, you know, constantly evolving. What are some ways that you keep up with challenges in your profession? You, know, you mentioned like um, researching is big for you, which I really admire. Um, wh- what are some ways that you keep up with your field? Oh, it's such an amazing, that's what I love about this field is that, well, it's kind of ironic where it's, there's a juxtaposition here. Cause first of all, it, it, it's very simple. Like we know for hundreds or thousands of years, vegetables and fruits are good for you. Like no one really can unseat that. I mean, everyone tries to, but if you look at the preponderance of data from the beginning of recorded history from Hippocrates, right? You know, you are what you eat. Food is medicine, blah, 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 all of these things. And then, you know, fads and trends happen. So if you start with this foundational information about stuff like fruits and vegetables are healthy because of blah, 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 then there's new stuff that comes up. But in fact, I was just answering this on a, on a, um, on a story on Instagram. It's like, there's a preponderance of data that gets aggregated, right? We're looking at all sorts of data. We're looking at trials on the foods themselves in the lab. We're looking at the trials of foods in people's bodies. We're looking at longitudinal studies. We're looking at, we do randomized crossover studies. There's there's so much types of research, so many types of research that is constantly being done. And if you look at, you have to look for the patterns. In fact, I feel like that's my favorite thing of being a dietitian is I get to look at people's food journals and I get to look at the outcomes. And then you look at people's labs. And so you kind of look at like what, what happens and what works and then compare and contrast to the patterns that we see evolving. So like we have a keto diet that's super popular right now, but you know what? That was the Atkins diet. And that was like a different version of this diet and that diet. So those things, there's trends that come and go, but you look through the through lines and you look at the patterns and we know we know more long-term data. We look at more of the um, epidemiological data, all of it together. You can't say this is, you have to look at randomized controlled trials only because that just tells one piece of the story. And instead, if you look at the entire picture, if you look at it from a more macro level, stuff just seems very easy. And my intention and what I do, I try so hard to do for my clients and for my audiences, for the readers of my books, everywhere I've ever worked is make it simple. It doesn't have to be so complicated. I think we get so caught up in the details and the minutia and we get so obsessed with being perfect. A lot of people, not everyone, some people just want to be perfect so much that it becomes their enemy of the good, right? That, that expression. And it doesn't have to be perfect. There is no such thing. If we could distill it down to some simple truths, life would be so much easier when it comes to nutrition. So I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly listening. I'm, I'm really, when someone says something that I don't know, because I don't pretend to know everything by any means, I'm like, oh, that's an opportunity for me to go explore that. Like I have challenging clients once in a while. I have a challenging issue and I get to go look. But what's so cool is that I've worked with clients on most continents in this world. I worked with people around the world. I see people everywhere. Like on, it's amazing. You do right here on Zoom. And we are so similar as humans. We are so similar biologically, genetically, 
but also psychologically and how we interact in this crazy psychosocial world around food. And we're in such an interesting time around food where it's super challenging to stay healthy and, and make healthy choices. But I feel like there's such a through line. And I love to remind people that, you know, you're not broken. This is who we are, how we are adapted to survive in this world. And the world is not really helpful in terms of making these choices easy for us. But I find it really empowering to think that we are so similar. And so, you know, just look at the preponderance of data, make decisions, and then you can always be your own detective. I have my clients get their PhDs in their bodies and how they work in eating and, and living in this world. What works best for them? Look at your labs, there's objective parameters, and you just keep looking at the evolving science and then make adjustments as necessary. I think that's so beautiful how you stated that. Um, and, it, you know, to your point, yeah, that, um, that's one of the also like kind of intimidating factors when you're trying to work on your health and nutrition. And, um, you know, it's such a, we live in this time period right now that it's amazing to have access to all this information. But as me, like, let's say like a common gal, <laughs> uh, I am overwhelmed by it. So I, I really value someone like yourself that has that expert knowledge base that could break it down and explain it to me in a way that's not so intimidating and it makes sense. I have asked this similar question to other guests and I was wondering based on your fields, um, when you witness a family member or a friend, um, someone that's not a client <laughs> who has unhealthy eating habits, uh, do you feel like you can say something? Do you feel like, you know, you can't say something because of your profession? This too has been quite the journey for me and a humbling one at that. I loved to give my opinion all the time to the people I care the most about. However, I no longer do that. I do everything in my power to shush every time I want to say something <laughs> because here's how I've concluded it. Two things, be a lighthouse, not a tugboat. First of all, second of all, you have to want it. So the way I said it in the vegetarian diet I wrote, and I say this all the time, you could lead a human to healthy, but you can't make them eat. They have to want it. And the people that are closest in my life, my child, my children, I have two teenagers, my parents, you know, those people, they want nothing to do with what I have to say. And it kills me because those are the people, I mean, these are my, the loves of my life, you know, like my people and it is painful, but I, I, I realize that the more I try, like my father has had a lot of recent health crises and I've I've tried begging, crying, teaching, showing, and he's read my books. He's seen me talk. He's seen me on TV. And he said to me that I had a real profound um, experience with him uh, in May. He was in Mexico in the hospital about to go into surgery or coming out of surgery. He just came out of surgery. And I said, dad, what happened? And he's like, well, you know, I was eating blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, dad, this is what I do. I can help you. And he looked at me and he said, Joel, you have to want it. It's like, that's right. And I, and I stopped, I was done. What am I going to do? You can't make, uh, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to want this, to make major change. Like you have to want to be healthy, to lose weight, to whatever it is, fill in the gaps more so than you want that pizza or that ice cream sundae or whatever it is in the moment that's constantly in your face. 
And it's hard to remember why you want it when you're faced with that. And everyone else is eating the pizza going, why don't you want pizza? Come on, just have one slice. Don't you want one? But I know this is your favorite pizza. I mean, <laughs> how do you say no to that? It's so hard. And it happens all day, every day to everyone. That's what my TEDx talk was about. It's like food is not just food anymore. And it, I don't know if it ever really was. It's, it's our relationships. It's culture. It's, um, it's how we show love. I show love with food. Like that's my thing. Like I make my friends and family and loved ones healthy food. And that's how I show them how much I love them. But it's, it's so much more than just nourishment. And I think it's, it's very personal in many, many deeply, deeply embedded ways. Well, to that point, okay, um, with the people that are like clients, you work with a very vast lifespan of people um, from infants to seniors, and they all have various health concerns and goals. Um, going back to that individuality of people, uh, what is the greatest health challenge that you have come across with someone? Mm, gosh, 17 years later, I've seen so many things. Uh, I've seen so many things. I, I mean, there, there's everything, you know, I've worked with cardiovascular disease, which is super, obviously super common. It's the number one killer and cancers and diabetes is so common type two diabetes. I deal a lot with it's, what I love about my work now in the last 17 years is that a whole food plant-based diet is what I use for, you know, helping my clients and, you know, it's a one size fits all. It really is. There's ways to maneuver it and make it individualized. And I want people to love it and it, it has to be sustainable, but um, it works with everything. I've worked with people with GI issues, like major gastrointestinal problems, like real pathological ones and very minor ones, like just, you know, reflux or, you know, bloating, whatever, like all of that and everything in between. I've dealt with people with very severe cardiovascular disease and Type 2 diabetes, that was all the medications. High blood pressure is very, very common. High cholesterol, very, very common. I do a lot of weight loss. Gosh, I've done, I mean, I have clients that lose hundreds of pounds with me. Like it's incredible to watch. It is so generalizable and predictable what happens when they go through this process. Cause I intimately walked so many people through this journey and it, people get better. I say results are typical. People get, I literally on a regular basis, see people reduce and get off of lifelong medications. It's unbelievable. I, I, it's, I was not taught this in grad school. We're taught in grad school, we're taught in medical school that the goal of, as a practitioner is to mitigate the um, exacerbation of disease, the, the increase in medication dose. That's what we we're trained to do. But no, a whole food plant-based diet actually reduces, reverses, and improves. It's the only diet ever shown to reverse advanced stage cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes. So I, I'm so honored and grateful to be able to see this and witness this and to be able to like watch these transformations take place. But it's incredible the amount, the, the generalizability of this way of eating is on, on so many different situations. That's really powerful. And, you know, uh, uh, the fact that you have the ability to change someone's life for the better, that is just like inside out. I mean, you're affecting something that affects like multiple layers of their life by changing the quality of their health. Um, and that's just really an amazing thing. Um, and I can't imagine like how 
um, that must be, you know, with everything else in the world, that must at least give you this sense of like um, hope and, you know, uh, restore like of goodness vibes. And <laughs> that's so rewarding. It's, I just feel so honored and grateful to be able to work in this field. I, I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe I get to like, he learn about people in this way and get so deeply intimate with them because food is like the, for me, food is the language. Food is the language by which we communicate, but it's the, the, it's the tool I use to go within. Like we go deep, we go with like all the things that people think, you know, and feel and how they react to those that they love or people around them. It's very intimate and it's, it's quite extraordinary. Now in the 17 years, you know, um, in your field, what has anything like, you know, that you never expected in the beginning, like comparing from when you first started to the present, like that really has shocked you either for the good or bad, as far as, you know, um, like a, a method of health or anything, you know, in relation to that? That's a good question. I mean, I think it's just the generalizability of it. I think the fact that how many things a whole food plant-based diet can help and I'm so confident about it now. Like at first I was like worried because it was really new at the time. That's why I'm the, I'm the plant-based dietitian because it wasn't a thing. And now it's a thing. Like people are, plant, it's become a thing. And so it's kind of cool. But when I was there, I was like, at the beginning, I was like, well, what if we're missing such and such nutrient or what? Because I was always, that's, I still every day I'm debunking the, where do you get your protein? What about B12? Like, it's like, everyone's so worried about deficiency that that's where I started from because that's what dietetics is really based on this paradigm of deficiency and avoiding deficiency. But now I'm so confident in it that I'm like, B12 is like, I just, it's like, I don't have a question anymore. It's like, you know, try this. It's going to help you. And like, you get, you can't, no one, I don't think could ever unseat my perspective of this. I'm open. I'm open to learn. I don't think I know it all by any means. And I, I and I'm open. Anytime I hear something that's new, I will um, take that information and and tie it in and figure out what, where that, how that matters moving forward. But the generalizability of this, I, I'm so confident about it now that I will always suggest a whole food plant-based diet that I know of. I mean, again, I don't know what's going to come up next year or whatever, but I can't imagine from what I've seen that anything major can change that. I love that you were part of like the pioneering aspect of it and you stuck with it and you know how you feel today being so different from the beginning. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, it'd be so weird. I mean, everyone thought I was so, Oh, that's a vegan. And like, and it was like the, the diet, like the dietitians didn't like me because I was, you know, plant-based and then the, then the vegans were like, I didn't feel like I was in with the vegans. Cause I don't like the word vegan. I like to be more inclusive. And I just talk about eating more plants because I'm not an ethicist or moralist. I'm a dietitian. So like I've kind of had to find my own way. I've had so many amazing mentors. I've had several incredible mentors in my life, but I was kind of figuring out what I'm going to do with my life. Like I can't just go work at a hospital because I don't want to follow the standard of care because it's not, it's not helpful. It doesn't work. So I've, I've had to really be entrepreneurial and that I've, I've learned a lot about that because I wasn't taught that in school or nor do I have someone that does exactly what I do. Like my family, no one, I, I know except for a couple of my colleagues that have also been navigating it slightly differently. So I've learned so much about that. Like I have to learn about marketing and you have to learn about like all of it. It's just writing books, like all this stuff that you just kind of self-teach and it's, it's, and I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. You know, like every day is so different, but it's exciting. It's really exciting. Hey, that's more power to you that you have, you know, paved the way uh, and learned along the way. 
uh, and ha- basically have had a self-teach, you know, um, various aspects of your profession. That's really cool. Yeah, but, it's 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 scary while you're going through it. You're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my life? You know, <laughs> you know, you're just following this passion and you're seeing what's happening and like go with the flow kind of a, like every moment, see what comes up. And, and it's been quite an interesting journey. Well, I'd say it's going pretty darn well for you. <laughs> <laughs> Now, okay, so your most recent book is The Choose You Now Diet. It focuses on 10 easy-to-follow principles for lasting weight loss and health gain. Instead of counting calories, which I love this um, point of yours, you encourage embracing a whole food plant-based diet. What are your top three tips that even someone who might be hesitant about switching to a plant-based diet should not pass up? Tips to start, the tips that they I would recommend. Yes. Yes. A oh, great question. I would say go in it with a curiosity and wonder and like as a like an exploration. So it's like, ooh, I have never tried jackfruit before. I have never tried, I mean, lentils or you know. I don't know, something you've never tried before. Just like, you're just finding some new things that you've never tried before. So it's kind of like, you know, we're used to seeing a piece of meat on the plate. I was raised the same as everyone else of meat on the plate, center of the plate, a little bit of veggie, a little bit of potato, but it was really about the animal product in the center of the plate. So you have to rethink that, you know, we have to relearn it, but it's really like, what is it? Five or seven, I've heard it like five little things that you're getting rid of, you know, meat, poultry, eggs, dairy, whatever, like a few things. But there's a meal, like I always say, I want you to eat a diet based on vegetables, fruits, whole grains, legumes, mushrooms, nuts, seeds, herbs, and spices in infinite tasty combinations. There's so many fun, delicious ways to go about it. So you go in it with this, like, I'm going to try this new ingredient. It's like learning a new language. Then you string it together and you put it together into words and sentences and paragraphs and you have a recipe. And by the way, when I was doing this, there were only a handful of books on the market, cookbooks that were available that were like this. And now you could Google anything. Like if you love lasagna, look up plant-based lasagna. You will find a million recipes at your fingertips. So it's so accessible now. So start with an ingredient and then the recipes, and then you just start swapping stuff in. So you see your plate. There's only so much landscape on the plate. You swap in the good stuff and you swap out the other stuff that you're used to eating and you find your new favorites and then you become fluent. And you just find recipes. You have to love your food. I never want anyone to be miserable. Like, what's the point of that? And it's just a journey of aggregating your new people, your new repertoire of recipes that you love to. Because most of us are creatures of habit. Most of us swap between maybe one or two different breakfasts, maybe three or four lunches, maybe five or six dinners in a week. You just need 10 recipes that you love. And you're there. Like, it's so easy. So go on. That's my first advice is go in it as a curiosity and, and start just exploring. My second... Um, words of advice or tip would be forget perfection, get over it. Just be complete radical self-compassion. It's all good. You know, just focus on like more plants and, you know, just exploring and positive and, and you don't need to be perfect by any means. And my third tip is learn, read, go online and find support groups, or there's so much out there now. There's all these films that have been made and you know, I'm out there on social media doing these little reels and blogs and posts all the time. 
but there's, you know, there's a lot of great stuff accessible now, like never before. So it's the best time ever. And oh, I'm going to add a fourth tip. Be Bonus aware. tip. <laughs> Bonus tip. Yeah, exactly. Bonus tip is when I went plant-based, you know, I had to eat brown rice and beans and vegetables because it wasn't like there were 8,000 burgers, fries, cookies, candies, cakes, ice creams that were vegan on the market. Now they're everywhere. And I'm for the first time in 17 years, well, it's been about five or six or seven years now, seeing people that have been vegan or on a plant-based diet for many years come to me with the same health issues as the omnivores. And so that is because those foods are trying to be similar and they are nutritionally similar. So be aware of those. Those are great. And, you know, they can be celebrated and they can be treat foods, but base your diet on whole foods, vegetables, fruits, whole grains, legumes, mushrooms, nuts, seeds, herbs, and spices, because that's where the health benefits happen. All right. Well, okay. So you touched upon recipes in your favorite recipes and uh, the, the many that are good ones that are available. So here's a, what's your favorite? <laughs> Almost like I always say, like kind of the picking of the favorite child that no one wants to do. <laughs> Um, you know, you have a section on your website of all these amazing recipes. Do you, do you have a favorite recipe of yours? I am such a creature of habit. Like I just said, most people are, and I, yeah, I definitely go through phases, but for the last, I want to say five years, I've been in love with the same. I literally eat the same thing. Maybe there's three or four on rotation and they're from now I've published seven books. So there's hundreds of recipes and it's crazy because I was not taught how to cook. So it's kind of crazy. But right now on my website, my number one favorite recipe still is the cream of mushroom cauliflower rice. I could eat that every day. And then herbed potato salad, herb Dijon potato salad. That's from two books ago, The Health Fan Solution. I don't know if I have it online. I love those recipes. And uh, what else? I Oh, a Southwest uh, Chipotle, like a Southwest salad. That's also in Health Fan Solution. Ooh. And in the Cheesy Now Diet, my new book, I love the um, a spaghetti squash lasagna. And it's got a tofu ricotta and these, uh, oh, these stuffed Mexican bell peppers. Like they're stuffed with a Mexican cauliflower rice and a nacho cheese sauce. That's another one I kind of rotate through. Yeah. Those are my favorites right now. Well, they all sound amazing. Oh, the twice baked potato. I've been making that too. It's like a twice baked potato. It's like this. Oh, it's so good. Like some Brussels sprouts cooked in and it's like so good. Oh, I could eat those every day too. (laughs) All right. Well, you got to check them out on Juliana's website because (laughs) those are many yummy options. Um, Okay. So out of those recipes, can you then do this? Can you pick a favorite ingredient? Also like a, or like, let's say, a, you know, a food that's your favorite. Oh yeah. Well, I could, I'm a spice queen. I'm a spice lover connoisseur. I put hot sauce on everything or heat, hot spices. I love heat, jalapenos on everything. So I'm kind of infamous for having spicy recipes, but not all of them. I have to like meet everyone's palate, but I personally love hot sauce and I love nutritional yeast as an ingredient. Cause you get that cheesy thing. So I love doing a nacho cheese sauce or cashew cheese sauce. And then my favorite re- uh, ingredients for weight loss that I have a video on this. I put a lot of recipes. I use cauliflower rice, just rice cauliflower. It's so good. And it's so versatile. I love mushrooms because they are so incredibly health promoting. And those are also versatile. You could do all sorts of different things with mushrooms. And there's so many different types of mushrooms. 
And then um, those are two of my favorite staples. And then of course I love leafy greens. I always let wearing my leafy green shirt, leafy green love leafy <laughs> greens and cruciferous vegetables are the most health promoting foods on the planet. And uh, they're also very versatile. Well, then you uh, already answered what was going to be my next question, because I was curious when you pick a favorite um, food or foods, uh, are you doing it just because you love that food or, you know, or you like the spice or is it because there's also nutritional benefit out of them? But that's the cool thing. It's a win, win, win. And it's funny because I wasn't like this. Like I wasn't born eating and super healthy, but like my sister always lashes, like she really eats this way. I used to love, like we used to make cookies all the time. I would love baked cookies and I'd love ice cream and sugary and all sorts of stuff. I loved all the stuff and pizzas and whatever. And now even on my birthday, I'm like, I would rather have more of the cream of mushroom cauliflower rice and have an ice cream <laughs> or a cake. Like I don't even like that stuff anymore. And that happened over time. And even if I'm alone in a room and no one's watching me, I still would opt for the other stuff. So once in a while, I'll have something like that. Like, oh, another recipe on my website. That's like my decadent one, the one treat that I'll have on a, and every time I have guests, um, I make this chocolate chip pumpkin muffins. That's kind of like my, I have two famous recipes that all my friends come over for the chocolate chip pumpkin muffins, which pumpkin season is upon us and sriracha <laughs> uh, stuffed mushrooms. I make those all the time for my friends and family. And so those are two of my favorite treat foods. But um, in fact, that's what I'm having for lunch is my sriracha stuffed mushrooms today. Oh, <laughs> now I am not a cook by any means. I'm in challenged in the kitchen, but I have got to try those too because they sound like amazing. <laughs> and with fall upon us, you're, you know, as you said, the, the, the pumpkin chocolate muffins would be very appropriate right now. <laughs> oh, so yummy. Yes. Now, okay, so as I mentioned in the beginning, you have been on uh, many shows sharing your expertise like Dr. Oz, Steve Harvey Morning Show, Home Sweat Home. What was one of your most memorable moments as a featured expert? Mm. Well, I did have the amazing opportunity to have my own TV show. It was called What Would Juliana Do? And I did, we did 39 episodes. I got to live in New York for six weeks and, and have whoever I wanted on my show. And it was the best six weeks of my life, honestly, you know, besides having my kids and all that stuff, but it was the best oh. opportunity career-wise of my life. But I've had some incredible, oh gosh, like Dr. Oz, the first time I was seriously, I was home making a holiday dinner for my family. I had young kids at the time and the phone rang and I never answered my cell phone when I don't know the number, but it was like an area code in New York. And I was like, I don't know. So I answered and it was a producer from the Dr. Oz show. And they're like, would you want to come on and talk about your new book? I'm like, are you kidding me? So I got to go on and like have a 30, like three segments. And I got to do cooking. And we had, we put these women in a, through an experiment. It was so fun. It was so mind blowing. And you know, get, you get flown to New York and driven to the set. And it was like so neat. That was really, that was really extraordinary. And then I got to go on there a couple more times. Um, but all of them have been, I mean, every time it's just so cool. I mean, it was really fun to be on Steve Harvey show cause he's so funny. And what we did was like a month long competition where I was the plant-based expert and that we were, I had my, my girl Joyce, I was taking her through a plant-based uh, journey for a month compared to someone else on a, a paleo diet and someone else was doing a holistic uh, diet. And then we just compared the results at the end. It was, it was such a fun experience and I get to get flown to Chicago and you get to meet your person and it was really neat. So I've had some incredible TV experiences and um, yeah, I feel really grateful. I really enjoyed that stuff. That's so cool. And I, I, I'm sure you are very glad you took that call now, the New York call. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. 
Well, okay. So as you mentioned, you also um, host a podcast, the Choose You Now podcast. What's one of the most impactful stories that someone has shared with you on your show and why or how did it affect you? I had a lot of really interesting guests and I, I loved that experience so much, but I think that it was really, and it, I've done so many things over the years where I interview people. Like I've interviewed on my TV show. I did a movie. I made an infotainment documentary in 2010, 11. And I, so I've got to interview these people that I respect and admire so much many times. And I feel so grateful for like, so grateful for that. But I got to do that again, most recently on my podcast, I had the man who stimulated my entire journey to plant-based. And that was John Robbins who wrote Diet for New America. And I stumbled upon that book when I was doing my exploration of diet. And that's when I realized what happened with animals on the plate and our environmental connection to our food. And that shifted everything for me. Obviously, that literally kicked off my journey. And when I finally got to meet him, I'll never forget, I heard him speak. And I got up to the microphone to ask him a question at the end because I just wanted to talk to him because it was like, oh my gosh, I got to meet this beautiful man in real life. And I said, thank you for making me, I said, you changed my life. You made me want to be a better person. And I was crying because I was so excited to meet him. And oh. everyone in the audience started crying and he gave me this hug. I will never forget because I did, he's such a beautiful man. And so I got to interview him again on my podcast and I've, I've gotten to work with him over the years and a little dabbled in a few different opportunities. I just think he's so beautiful. And I also got to interview my other two mentors when I went plant-based was Dr. T. Colin Campbell, who is a scientist by every stretch of the imagination because he he's open to change and he completely changed his direction because of what he learned. And so he's just, I just love him so much. And he's, he really helped me navigate this when I was starting out. And, um, and then Brenda Davis, who I call my soul mama, because she's been mentoring me since the beginning too. She's a vegan dietitian. She's written so many books. She's such a magnificent, beautiful woman. And so I got to, I, you know, I've been, I've been, we've become very, very close friends over the last decade and a half, but having those people on the show to me was very meaningful. And um, I'm just honored to get to talk to them. Oh, I love that hearing, you know, a story of how like people that you learn from, you know, you were able to get back to them by sharing them with others through, you know, your um, show. That's, that's like really cool. And I love that term. Um, what was the um, soul mama? Yeah. Yeah. That's she's my soul mom. I mean, she's, <laughs> oh, she's just held my hand, you know, like when you're at the beginning, when I was like, I said, I was nervous. It was like, I was going against what I was taught. Not really. Now I put it together now and I understand why, but at first it feels like, Ooh, you're, you're doing those really risky things. And it's scary because like, you don't want to mess up. You don't want to hurt anyone. You don't want to give someone advice where it would be harmful. God forbid, like that would be the worst thing I could ever do. Like, I can't stand the idea of like hurting someone and being the cause of a problem. So it's when you're out there diving off, it's like scary. And so she had already been doing it. And so having that um, helps, you know? And so there's, there's, there's a lot of really amazing people that have pioneered this movement and they've been, we've all kind of now, now that I'm jumped on behind them, it, it's just, you just keep going and you're just, everything keeps aggregating and it gets stronger and stronger and more solidified. And then you, it's less, less, uh, it's the, the navigation of it is less um, scary. <laughs> well, are you finding yourself now um, because, you know, you are, uh, you've had, you know, mentors that made an impact on you. 
are, are you now finding um, that you enjoy in uh, mentoring others? That's such a good question. People have always reached out to me, like, you know, students and interns and dietitians and all sorts of people have reached out. I'm always open to helping and supporting if I can. Um, and, you know, I have you definitely an honor to be able to be part of someone's journey. So absolutely. Very cool. Well, do you have anything coming up uh, that you would like to share with Unplugged listeners? Well, sure. I, I'm, I'm always out there, you know, chugging away on the social media and writing. I'm working on my next book proposal right now. Uh, I'm going to be speaking on the holistic holiday at Sea Cruise in uh, March of 2023. And I'm very excited to get back on a cruise. That was a really fun event. I participated a couple of times before the pandemic and now we're going to be back on the sea. And it's like, I think it's two weeks or 10 days of just like classes and, and touring the Caribbean and uh, I'm doing cooking demos and lectures and coaching and it's going to be so much fun. So I'm excited about that. Oh, that sounds amazing. So people have to follow you and check that out and consider joining aboard that experience. Yes. Oh, and one more thing. I think I'm going to launch another group because I did a January um, Choose You Now challenge, basically like a New Year's New Year New You challenge, and it's, people keep asking about doing it again. So I'm either I'm definitely going to do it in January, but I'm thinking about doing one through the holidays as well. So look out for that. You could find that on. I'll announce that on my website or you know my social media if I decide to do that or when I'm going to start doing that again. To learn more about Juliana. Check out her healthy recipes or to schedule a private consultation, go to her website at www.plantbaseddietitian.com or connect with Juliana on her IG page where she shares healthy tips through reels and posts in a fun and mindful way at Juliana Hever. Thank you for taking the time to unplug with me today, Juliana. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to talk to you. Have a joyful day and rock on.